In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Um, it's a drive-by blessing, or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's 30-some years of habit is hard to break in, in a day, so, uh, but we're working on it. The long-distance blessing, I appreciate it, Father. <laughs> I want to start out today... I want to, uh, hopefully this is encouraging. It is for me. Um, we're now a third of the way to Holy Week. And um, I have this kind of mathematical mind, so I like to break things up. It drives, drives me crazy when I'm at the gym or something because I always have to count the reps and see how many, what percentage I'm done. And it's constantly going through my head. But right now we're a third of the way to Holy Week. And... Uh, this is a confession of sorts, I guess, because two weeks ago tonight, uh, my wife and I were getting out of the car. We were coming to Forgiveness Vespers. And as we got out of the car, I said to her, you know, my head just really isn't in this this year. Uh, and she says, what do you mean? I says, I just, I am not ready for Lent to start. I'm just not prepared at all. And what I found is through the services that first week, um, it got my head back into the game, if you will. Uh, of course, I don't know how you couldn't, but uh, definitely I was able to get back into, get my mind right for Lent. And in fact, uh, earlier this past week, I was, uh, I was at the airport and I found myself humming, um, God is with us, you know, from Compline. And uh, kind of an interesting thing to be humming walking down the uh, terminal at the airport, but um, you know, the services that we have really do help us, and they, they help our mindset, and um, the special ones in particular, last Sunday night, one week ago, uh, we had, of course, Sunday of Orthodoxy Vespers here. The triumph of orthodoxy, and what's special about that, of course, is that it was the victory over iconoclasm. If you walk into my house, you look on the walls, you'll see there's, we've got lots of pictures, uh, pictures of grandparents, parents, grandkids, kids, and, you know, that's my heritage in my house, and it's something to be proud of. And you all should be proud of yours. There's nothing wrong with being proud of your heritage. But what struck me, not only last Sunday night, but then throughout the week as well, is that this is our heritage here. And because of the victory over iconoclasm, we can put our heritage up on the walls in here. And then throughout the week too, um, we happen to commemorate the 40 holy martyrs of Sebast with a tremendous story, it is. Um, 40 soldiers, uh, one faltered, but one of the people guarding them took his place, so there were 40. Uh, it's actually a really cool story because first thing they tried to do is stone the, uh, the soldiers, because obviously because they confessed uh, they were Christians, and the stones came back on the people throwing them and uh, says they had grievous injuries, uh, including their commander, who apparently broke out all his teeth. Um, but that's who our forebears are. 
that's who our, or where our heritage is. St. Gregory Palamas, uh, another one that we can celebrate as part of our heritage. Um, also, just looking through the, uh, the saints we commemorated this past week, there's also St. Gregory the Diologist, who, of course, Wednesday night, we will uh, serve his liturgy, the pre-sanctified liturgy that he wrote. So that's our heritage, and I hope that's encouraging to us all, is that, you know, these aren't just names, these aren't just stories that we read uh, Saturday night or throughout the week. This is us. This is our heritage. But moving into today's gospel, um, several things strike me uh, when I read this. Uh, the first was, as a homeowner, I would be pretty ticked off if they removed part of my roof to let somebody come in. Uh, and to be honest with you, that's, uh, I always get stuck on that the first time when I read this story. It's um, just think, well, couldn't they figure out a, something else to do except cut a hole in this person's roof and, and put the, uh, drop the uh, paralytic in, lower him, I shouldn't say drop him. But, you know, as I did get beyond that, the hole in the roof, um, you know, it strikes me, of course, that, and that's this whole Lenten season, is that we can become paralyzed by our sin. It can build up on itself. And one can lead to another, can lead to another. And it gets to the point where suddenly we might say to ourselves, you know, how do I get out of this? What am I, what am I doing? I, I'm stuck in this, and, and I can't figure out a way out of this predicament that I'm in. And this, we just become paralyzed in our own lives by our sin. You know, we call it the, the deer in the headlight look, you know, where you just, you're stuck. You know you need to move, but you can't. Where do you turn? Where do we turn? Again, that's what this Lenten season's all about. And, and you know, like I said, for me, it's, you know, these services were able to help get my head into this and then start working on traveling through this Lenten journey. Well, not only do we get paralyzed by sin ourselves, but, you know, sometimes we just need help from others. We need to get others helping us. Um, you know, our culture tends to uh, elevate the, one, uh, the, the, the person, the one person. We want to be able to do things ourselves. We want to be able to be self-sufficient, which is what we're taught, and be able to take care of all things. Um, years ago, we used to call this uh, bootstrap theology. And it's just you're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're going to do it all by yourself. And, you know, sometimes you just can't do that. And in today's lesson, we see that the paralytic had to have his friends help him. And by the way, they're really some tremendous friends. They really are going to go remove a roof. Clearly, they, uh, they like this person. But, you know, uh, you know if you, you, you picture... Uh, you, you've all walked into a crowded room, or hopefully most of you have, and you try to step around people, and um, you, know, you can imagine trying to carry a pallet, a stretcher, with a person on there and get through to the Lord. And these friends did 
what they needed to do to help their friend, the paralytic, get to the Lord. They went out of their way to help. I'm sure that the homeowner was a little upset with them, and they, they saw that uh, they were going to get in trouble. But what did the Lord say when they did lower the paralytic down? He said to the paralytic, uh, your faith's made you well. Actually, it was the faith of the friends that brought him there, that made him well. You know, we get to the point sometimes where we just need to lean on other people, and we need them to help us. And as the paralytic had to do in today's lesson, we too need to do that as we continue on with our Lenten journey. And then, of course, we do get that healing and that forgiveness that we seek from Jesus. As much faith as the friends had, they themselves could not heal and forgive the sins of the paralytic. That was for the Lord to do. And sometimes our own faith runs a little low, and we need to lean on our friends. And then sometimes we just need things like Lent to help us out as well. And that's what our journey is right now. We're learning to seek God and the healing that he gives. We're learning to have faith for ourselves. We're learning also to have faith for others. It does help. So, as we continue on with our Lenten journey these next four weeks and then Holy Week, let us continue and in its increase with our own faith for ourselves and for others and know that we will receive the healing and forgiveness that we need from the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.